Hello everyone, thank you for coming. Um, uh, it's such a pleasure to be here and I'm honored to be, be, to be here. Abbas-chan, thank you for inviting me. Uh, I want you all collect your energy in this room and send it to the people of Iran during this hard time. I sort of, uh, every region of Iran, they have different harvests, like in Yaz, they have pomegranate harvest, pistachio harvest, and uh, so I made a video of every region. So I, and I didn't know so many, uh, so many things about Iran myself, so I thought it would be wonderful to share it with you guys. So today you just get one video of saffron, not everything. <laughs> What I find in Iran, every region, they have their own sabzi khordan, platter. In the Caspian, this, uh, in Persian Gulf, they put dates in it. In Caspian, they have different, uh, uh, different herbs. And uh, so I thought that was the commonality between all of Iran. Sabzi khordan in the middle of the table. For those of you, sabzi khordan means fresh earth platter. And you can do anything you want. I put jasmine flower, my sabzi khordan, any kind of edible flower. Uh, but uh, bread and cheese and herbs. Um, um, I went to... to uh, which one? No, I want to go to the first one. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was born and raised in Iran in an old house in old part of Tehran. I always loved cooking and I wanted to become a cook, but my mother wouldn't allow me in her kitchen. She would say, go to university, get your education. You will have plenty of time to cook. And she was right. I came to United States when I was 18. I did my undergraduate and graduate school. And I returned to Iran and handed my master's degree to my mother, and she allowed me in her kitchen. <laughs> so I learned cooking after college. It was never late. <laughs> um, in, uh, at the end of, oh God, what's happening here? At the end of 1979, as the Iranian revolution took a more fundamentalist turn, my husband and I fled to France, where I decided to be honest with myself and follow my passion and to become a cook. So I went to cooking school in France, and I wrote my first cookbook in French, Ma Cuisine d'Iran. It took me one week to do a recipe. Now I can do in two minutes any, uh, in English, French, or Persian, the recipe. So you, you need to work hard. It took me 40 years to do that. Don't forget that. <laughs> um, in 19, in, I, I, this is very sensitive, I guess. It goes far. In 1983, we immigrated to America, where I wrote my first cookbook in English, Food of Life. I, in audience, some of you said you have the first uh, edition of Food of Life. Yes, you do. And then, um, 25 years later, my son, Zol, and Rostam, uh, they said, Mom, they said, Mom, I don't know what's happening, you see. Try using this, maybe that'll okay. be better. Okay. 
They said, Mom, welcome to 21st century. Your book is old and outdated. And um, wake up and smell the coffee. So they helped me to redesign, restructure the book. And at that time, it was a time of green movement. So we did, we did the spine green, that color. So that's, that's the... And the next one is Silk Road Cooking. When I was cooking, I realized that I wanted to know about Afghani food, Indian food, Moroccan, Egyptian. Uh, I want to know about Turkish food and Italian. So along the Silk Road, Iran is in the east, and um, China is in the east, and uh, Italy in the west, and Iran is in the center. So act as an entrepôt. There was a lot of circulation between east and west, so there are a lot of ingredients and cooking techniques introduced from Iran or was uh, originated in Iran. So it was very important. This book took me, it took me seven years to do this book, and I'm very proud of this book. From Persia to Napa, this is the first cookbook uh, that you can see warm sabzis paired with wine. Uh, it's a lot of poetry, it's a lot of pictures, uh, a lot of documents. So uh, perhaps wine was originated someplace between Black Sea, Iran, and India, that region. Uh, I love this book. I had fun. Happy Noruz, cooking with children. I cooked with my uh, children while they were growing up, and then I, I, I invent a lot of ideas because I had to compete with Christmas. Uh, so they told me, Mom, you should do this for other kids. So uh, I think it's a lovely book. Uh, you can, uh, 10 days before Noruz, you can cook with your kids and uh, read the story of Noruz and the uh, and, uh, color eggs and uh, plant this, uh, germinate seeds, all kind of fun things, but in a fun way, like for we germinate seeds in eggshells. So they love these kind of things. Next one is June. Uh, June, you know, there is a term of endearment. Iranian added to end of the people's, their favorite peoples, like Abbas, June. Then I went to LA to visit my sons. I noticed they go to farmer market. They get together and cook. So I said, I need to do a cookbook from them that come from my kitchen. In this book, you have kale salad. Uh, you have uh, quinoa with saffron and cardamom. I make it like polo. So it, it's fun. Uh, and of course, I think everyone should know how to make good chicken soup, how to make a simple omelet. Believe me, making a good boiled eggs so the inside is not green is not easy. You, just, you have to just use a technique. It's a very simple steps. So this is the book for, for everyone, actually, especially for, for the younger people. Uh, while I was doing all this book, I had this fantastic dream to go back to Iran, to meet the cook, to share kitchens, table, taste, scent, that conveyed the very essence of Iran. It took me two years of planning, three years of traveling, 1,000 miles throughout Iran. 
What touched my heart the most were the women of Iran. They are strong, tolerant, and hardworking. I met them everywhere during my travel. On the step of the university, do you know that now we have more female at the university than male? In the rice paddies, in the tea fields, in saffron field, in Barbary Grove, standing in bread line after a full day of work, weaving carpet, going to market. Look at this picture. It's a wonderful picture. They're buying cash at Gargarut. Gargarut, I call it black cash. When you cook the cash, will become black and become more sour. And this is a sour agent throughout the center of Iran, especially Iraq. Uh, they use a lot of gargarut in their cooking. I love this picture. And, and you see this woman, they're taking care of children and also cooking for the family. Look at her face. It's lovely. She made bread for the whole village. And she's using her sleeve as a potholder. <coughs> Look at her, her steps, very strong and tall and proud. Of course, they get it together at DZ. DZ now become a chic place. They used to be for working class. Now it's a chic place for older generation and younger generation get together and have fun. Of course, we have a women entrepreneur, the woman in the white dress. She's a co-owner of the, one of the best restaurants in Tehran called Divan. Let me tell you a little bit about the geography of Iran. Iran is divided into several plateaus, separated by high mountains, mountain ranges, running from the west to east, north to south, in the north, we have Persian Gulf. In the south, we have in the north we have Caspian. In the south, we have Persian Gulf. As a result, we have uh, every region. They have their own climates. They have their own vegetation, and most importantly, they have their own food culture, which is very important to me. I wanted to get to know the food cultures of every region. I started from Tehran, I'm from Tehran. I have a news for you, Tehran has no culture. <laughs> All the cultures are around them. They're more cosmopolitan. You can get the best Chinese and Japanese food, but there is no, and there's fast food is really, everyone is obsessed with fast food, hamburger, pizza, and all kinds of things. They're all looking for West to be westernized, and the chocolate is important. But I, I love date dipped in tahini sauce. Uh, Greater Tehran has a population of 16 million. It's, uh, it's very unique geographically because it's three hours drive to the beach and one hour to ski resort. Uh, in northern Tehran, we went to Tajrish uh, market, which was lovely. I started crying, smelling everything. Uh, I'm cooking uh, with Esmal in Tehran, Kalle Pache. <laughs> I love the scenes 
uh, of the old Tehran. That's more than 100 years. And I collect some of these pictures. I want you to see it. It's carrying Cholo Kebab. This is very acrobatic. It's on the bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream peddlers. Look at this. Peddler selling figs, dry figs. And, and, and he, he is, he is uh, encouraging you to drink barberry juice when it's in seasons. Iranian believe a glass of barberry juice in season is really help you to cleanse your system. I had the pleasure to have that in October in ON in Mashhad. <laughs> they had fresh. Damovan on the road to Caspian. I am cooking with Zari Khanum. We went, she took me to the Rasht market, it was a lovely market. You see garlic and fish everywhere in, uh, by the Caspian. Garlic, fresh garlic on the table. That was one of the things they serve baby garlic on the table. And then after having a lot of garlic in my dish, she offered me, she peeled garlic and she offered it to me. She said, I have this garlic. I never had this experience. As soon as I put this garlic in my mouth, it was totally transformed all my senses. It was so delicious. It tastes like almond. I didn't know baby garlic in May has so much taste and aroma and flavors and works very well with smoked rice and um, baby fava beans also. This is a black garlic, I call it, or fermented garlic. When it's fermented, after seven years, it turns to black and the color changes and uh, the taste becomes sweet. It's like a preserve. Another thing that was interesting for me in the market, they all serving duck and quail eggs in rashed market. So a smoked eggplant with garlic is very famous dish called Mirza Ghasemi. Throughout the Caspian, every region in Caspian, they make Mirza Ghasemi, and they claim theirs is the best. <laughs> I love that food chauvinism in Iran. Every region you go, there is such a competition, and it's very sweet. Of course, these are omelets, garlic, garlic chive. Oh, that's so lovely. Served over smoked rice. This is a special fava beans, which I couldn't find it here. The, the, the flavor is different, the shape is different, but I replace it with uh, regular fava bean in the U.S. Torshitare, that's my favorite also, because you make the, it's like orme sabzi without beans, but you add, uh, you make an omelet with garlic, turmeric. You saute the garlic in olive oil, then you add turmeric, you saute your tur turmeric, it becomes all of a sudden something else. And then you add your eggs, a little bit salt, a little pepper. By the Caspian, there's not much of a spices. The only the spice they have is golpar, is Persian hog seeds. That's all, salt, pepper, sometimes cinnamon, that's it. And then they add this to this 
uh, green sauce, then they serve it over the smoked rice. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Olive tapenade, zaytun parva, they're made of walnut, pomegranates, and uh, we are very lucky. My dear friend uh, Hanif is going to give you, pass on some tasting afterwards. Uh, I was touched by this, this site. It's in Caspian. Uh, when we asked them to take a picture, they said, uh, okay, and they follow us to our home. They serve us Khoresh de Fesenjum with duck, and afterwards they give us tea with rose petal jam. And because we associate rose petal with kashan, but uh, this region, I was surprised. They was very chauvinist. They said our rose petals flavor is totally different from kasha. <laughs> the Lutfi restaurant, and any of you, you, you haven't been in Iran, if you go to Kasman, you should go to that restaurant. They, they, bring, they bring you tadik, one over each other, and their kebab torch, which I have that recipe in the book, sweet and sour kebab. They make it with lamb or chicken, but I prefer the chicken, so uh, you have the recipe here. And this is a castle in Fuman. Kuluche Fuman is very famous for those. And you, I have a good recipe in the book. On the road to Azerbaijan, this was the loveliest road, full of wildflowers, and a lot of stands that were selling kebab, which they cut the meat right there in front of you, and they serve <coughs> Ashidukh. Ashidukh everywhere they have, in Iran they have this, but they call it different name. This is my favorite recipe, try it. It's, it's lovely, you can do it with the meatball or without meatball, vegetarian version. Tabris, I'm cooking in Tabris with these lovely ladies. We made dolme, tabrizi meatballs, which is inside is eggs, barbary, fried onions, all these goodies. And most memorable day for me was after cooking all day. They came from a very humble background. They they had just uh, their, their their yard was as big as a small room, and they spread the Persian carpet. Tabrizi carpet, they were very proud of their carpet. They spread it under the fig trees, which they said these fig trees two, three hundred years old. And, and then they spread the souffre, and we ate under the tree. But the warmth, generosity, and kindness, that really add to the flavor of dishes. I am bargaining <laughs> in Tabriz. Do you, do, these are sweet potato, very large sweet potatoes. And look at this guy's face. Our, my, my photographer is a journalist photographer. I didn't want a food photographer. I wanted journalist because I wanted to pick up the moments. These are one of those moments, these guys. And we went to Jalali, uh, the uh, Cholo Kababi, which is in Tabriz. I recommend you should go. I think. Uh, Tabris, they make the best cholo kebab, especially their kebab. And uh, they, oh, I was lucky they allow us, with my photographer, go to the kitchen in the basement, and we, I watched them how to make the kebab. I asked them, how come this kebab is so good? 
And he said that we, Khanu, we marinate our meat two days with salt. That was, a, that was a secret for those of you. And then afterwards, we make our kebab. So that was the secret of the, what was delicious. The atmosphere had a lot of plastic on the table. It wasn't very uh, <laughs> interesting. But the, the dishes, the food was so good. So you forgive them. <laughs> this carrot halva, which is a wonderful uh, halva, it's made of carrots and grape molasses. It's flourless. It's delicious. It's with a sip of tea. It's wonderful. A coffee shop in Tabriz. Old man with their hookahs and young men with their iPhone. <laughs> now we are in Ghazvin. Ghazvin has hundreds kind of grapes. And they are drying grapes on the field. So the raisin is sun-dried. So delicious. I didn't, I find the Ghazvin is food very sophisticated. I didn't know why, then I realized that Ghazvin was the once capital of Iran. Wherever there was capital, the, you could, uh, the food was developed in royal court. Iranian were foodies, and then all the document and reference we have is from the court. So Ghazvin is food very sophisticated. Um, uh, I could not give you a lot of dishes, but I'm just, scratching a surface in with this book. I'm going to give you a couple of dishes for every region. So this is a game in Nesar. They serve it usually during the wedding. Uh, that's their famous dish. And another dish was famous. It's Baglavoy Durang. It's a layer of pistachio and the other layer of almonds, the flavored with rose water and saffron. So uh, it's quite delicious. You feel that you're eating halva, sholezad, and baglava at the same time. <laughs> Hamidan. Hamidan is coldest and oldest city in Iran. As a result, their food the, is a little bit different because they, they make a lot of pickles and a lot of preserve. So they can serve it during cold winter because they cannot leave the house. And they use a lot of dried uh, the bread, mix it with cheese and walnut. They make, um, in Tabriz, they call it domage, but in uh, Hamidan, they call it hout. And they, they don't know about each other, which I thought that was very interesting. The same thing, they make the same thing, but has different name, and they didn't know about each other when I asked them. So this is a pumpkin preserve. They make all kind of preserve and they serve it on the table. One thing I was in the surprised because after 16th century, Persian foods, uh, dishes have changed. We, be, we become more rice eaters. Rest of the Iran, they eat rice. Before uh, 16th century, we were noodle eaters and bulgur eaters. You can see that in, um, Hamedan. They eat a lot of noodles and bulgur and little rice. Uh, Hamedan has one of the oldest Iranian Jewish community. Hakim Nur Muhammad with his family and patients, he was said uh, to have been Nasreddin Shah's 
جویش داکتر Hamidon is famous for his komaj. They, they make this bread. Uh, it's flavored with uh, turmeric and served with angosh peach. <laughs> and they, in the cafe in Hamidon, in the afternoon, you see a lot of people sitting with their bun, dipping it in angosh peach. That's specialties. Uh, rail. Rare wild upside down tulip on the road to Honsar near Iraq. So these are very rare. It's such a beautiful scene. Uh, it has been said that tulip originated in Iran and Dutch took it from Iranian mountain. And I think that the Dutch still come to Iran and every year they discover new tulips. If my son was here, he said, Mom, you think everything comes from Iran? <laughs> In Iraq, I had the most delicious meatball. They make it with walnut and lamb, and they flavor it with sumac juice. They make sumac juice with some sumac berry. Since we cannot find sumac berry, often I suggest that you can use ground sumac. You make the juice and you drain it and you just use the juice. You soak the sumac in hot water and you drain it and then you get the juice and you flavor it. It's what's so interesting. Every region of Iran, they have their own sour agent and they have their own sweet agent, which was fascinating for me. Now we are in Kurdistan. That was a sort of eye-opening for me in Kurdistan in that region. The food is different. Uh, this is Leila. She, she was a young cook, Leila, called Bache, and we cook all day, and she asked to take a picture with me, so um, I want to take a picture while she was cooking. She said, no, I don't look good, so she has to. <laughs> so we did that. We made tarkhine. Tarkhine is especially Kurdish dishes. They make tarkhine patties. It's sun-dried in, in, in the summer, and they use it in the winter. You just put a tablet of tarkhine uh, in the boiling water, and you make the soup. It's made of tarkhine fermented bulgur and yogurt. I think it's a wonderful thing, and I give you the recipe, and I give you uh, how to make the tablets. And I noticed the, the meatball in this region is totally different from the rest of Iran. Look oval, like egg shape, which uh, not the rest of Iran have this kind of shape meatball. And all kind of stuffing. My favorite was onion stuffings here. And the Khoresh Tare Kordi is lovely. They make lamb and they Four bunch of tare, which we call it chives here. Uh, they chop it and saute it. They put it at the end and let it cook with this lamb. And it's so delicious. Saffron lamb barbecue braised. Last week I was at the CIA Culinary Institute of America in Napa. There was a world of flavor. About 60 chefs from, came from all over the world. And I made this dish in a big, huge pot. It's, you make the 
chicken or lamb, it doesn't matter. You make it gheime, uh, you make, cut it in small pieces. You saute it with a lot of onion until it juice dried up. Then you caramelize your uh, barberries in saffron and rose water. And I used, uh, instead of sugar, I used grape molasses. Because grape molasses give some kind of dips, uh, give some kind of oomph to the dish you think uh, is reduced wine. So it's wonderful. And then um, I added to this uh, chicken, and then um, the, the secret is they garnish it with a lot of rose petals and almonds and pistachios. And then I, we had a lot of edible flowers from the garden of the uh, CIA, and I put big roses, edible roses, in the center. I, and, then the, and we serve it over rice. And I made a lot of tadik, small tadik, in a muffin pan. So uh, we, in a small bowl, we give one small tadik and a little bit of this. And I made a lot of fried onion, the flavored, uh, deep fried onion. It become crispy onion. And I flavor it with saffron. So it become like golden things. And I put some of that on the top. Everybody, I, you know, everybody loved it. And this woman, chef, from Wisconsin, she started crying. She said, I never taste. Actually, I should video that her. She loved it. So I, I have a very good recipe in the book. If you haven't made this dish, you should make it. And they serve this during the wedding in Kurdistan. I find this old picture. Isn't that lovely picture? I love this old picture, and I love to mix them with the new. Because after all, we are all made of old and new or <laughs> so. I walk into this bakery and I ask them to give me this recipe of a rice flour with saffron. No one look at me, but they murmur the recipe to me. A nomad family on the road to Esfahan. Oh, Esfahan also has a very sophisticated uh, dishes because of Esfahan was capital of Iran during Shah Abbas. Khoresh Mas is very famous in Esfahan. And uh, I didn't like in restaurant they serve it cold. But um, my host and guide took me a place. This woman, she cooked it hot, and I enjoyed more. You should make it hot. It's yogurt with candied orange peel, and they make it from neck of lamb. The reason they make it from neck of lamb because there's a lot of gelatin, so it creates elasticity in the dish. But I like it with chicken, so I'm giving you two recipes with chicken. And, and, and with lamb. And then you can, um, they garnish it with caramelized barberries. I love barberries. <laughs> of course, this is chickpea meatball and tomato sauce. I, the idea of, of you can make, you can make meatball or patties with carrots and chickpeas and lamb or chicken. Preparing the soup for the day of Remembrance, Ashura. Esfahan has the largest Armenian community. I love this picture. Look at them. 
And I have a page of contribution of Armenian to Iran, a page of Jewish uh, people in Iran. And so, I, because I wanted to, it was interesting for myself to know all this minority and what was their contribution. Now we are in Khorasan, in north east of Iran. You know about saffron, I'm not going to go talk. Uh, Barbary groves was next to saffron groves, so I was witness uh, how, they, uh, this, uh, how they harvest the barbary. This is a luscious barbary, and they gave us juice at that day. And uh, they serve us Ashe barbary. And in Birjan, we had this soup. They made it with peste bane which was totally new for me. Uh, was herb and water and pistachio. There is no cream in it, but it was so delicious. I could not find peste bane here. Uh, I replaced it with normal pistachio. The result was very good. Actually, we serve it in one of the bookstores. People loved it. What bookstore was that, Mohammed? I Omni. Oh, oh, I think it was a, um, potato cookie, cuckoo cook, with saffron syrup. It's glazed with saffron, sugar, and rose water. Sholeh Mashhadi is very famous. It's, it's a soup, they make it all day. Shozme Burjandi, Bojnordi, in Bojnur they call Chosme, but in Kerman they call Jush. Uh, Is anybody Kermani here? They call it Rogan Jush, but it's the same thing. Now we are in Yazd. Yazd remained the center uh, of the Zoroastrian minority in Iran. The Ashe Shulia Yazdi is very famous. It's made of the spinach and a lot of turnip. And Yazdis are famous. Actually, they are not famous. The pastry is lovely if it's made well. We went to Hajj Bekir's pastry shop, Hajj Khalifa Bekir, and they were so kind and they allow us to chat with everyone. We taste everything. This is Pashmak, they made Pashmak. I'm there under the Pashmak. <laughs> and we, did, we were witnessing the harvest of uh, anar. Pomegranate is, they have it in Isfahan, Yaz, Boom. But uh, I find the Yaz, the pomegranate was very delicious, the flavors. This cypress at Abargu, near Yaz, is estimated to be more than 4,000 years. Now we're in Kerman. We witnessed the harvest of pistachio in Kerman. By the way, the pistachio product products in U.S. now surpass Iran and Turkey. We make more pistachio than any other country now, and, uh, the, and the, seed, guess the seeds come from Kerman. Again, my son is here, tell me that. <laughs> I love this picture. Aww. 
You can make fesenjun with pistachio. I had fesenjun meatball with pistachio. Lovely. And their famous dish is lamb with rose water and a lot of saffron and pistachio. They remove taking the skin of pistachio like they do with uh, fava beans. And this is a very famous dish. And of course, colompe is very famous. They love, they're very proud of their colompe. It's a stuffed cookies with walnut and dates. Now in Sistan and Baluchistan, this region was for me was total surprise because I find it, uh, now I'm in the market with um, Zolmas Khanum and uh, the spice market was very interesting and all these kids, they were computer savvy and they were serving spices. Everything was computerized uh, and the aroma was lovely. This, and this is uh, sardine wrapped in the wild date, it's stuffed with spices and grilled and the flavor was so lovely. They use a lot of date leaves. Khurma berries is like a ranginak, they, they make it differently. Shiraz, I am <laughs> at Cyrus Tombs. Half his tomb in Shiraz and meditating. It was a lovely atmosphere. It was such a uh, spiritual experience. <coughs> I'm cooking with Farangis Khanum. We're making the special dish. Is anybody Shiraz? Is any Shirazi in the audience? Okay, you know that dish. Kalampoloi <laughs> Shirazi. They put uh, the cabbage, but a lot of herbs, and they make it with meatballs. Shikar Poloe Shirazi, of course, Polude Shirazi. Lori Kebab. This kebab, it was so delicious. We went to this old, small place, was there for the last 200 years, they said. And what they did, they marinated the meat with onion and yogurt, thick yogurt for two days. That's all. Then the kebab was out of this world. Iran Berger. In Shiraz, in Esfahan, in Tehran, fast food. People are obsessed with fast food. Of course, I have to tell you, I tasted a burger. It was very tasty. They used big buns and they had a special sauce. It was lovely. And I want to show you, do you see the way they deliver it? We are in Khuzestan, the longest river in Iran, and their famous dish is Mahi Tanur Sabur, which I find they brush it with date molasses on top, you know what, and then grill it. You know what does that? When you brush your fish or chicken even with date molasses, it have two things happen. It prevents it from burning when you uh, cooking over direct fire. And another thing is keep it moist. It's become like a ladder at the scale. Keep it moist, the fish. Now we are in Persian Gulf. A spice of Persian Gulf is totally different from the rest of Iran. 
it's influence of Portuguese and Indian. You see that red pepper? No other places in Iran they use that. Fish everywhere. He's giving me the recipe of, of, of target fish. They call, um, they call, um, uh, cheese, uh, shrimp, meguibabri, sorry, fish, shrimp. Uh, we are in uh, Boucher. I was totally uh, blown out by Boucher's experience because no place uh, in Iran afterwards they took us, when we went to restaurant, they took us to the backyard, they served us tea on the benches, and then they recite poetry. All over Iran they were obsessed with Hafez. But in this region they were obsessed with Khayyam. They call Khayyam Khani. And they, were, they play music and recite poetry. It was so lovely. This is a very famous dish. And dry lime. This is another thing. Dry lime in, by Persian Gulf. You can put it in shrimp ball, flavored with dry lime. Fla rice flavored with dry lime. Chicken flavored with dry lime. Dry lime everywhere. Uh, Dates. I was uh, impressed with the attitude of the Persian Gulf people towards dates. Did you know a female palm tree can fall in love with the male during springtime? Uh, did you know locals hold a funeral for a dead palm? And I want you, whoever has the book, I want you to read the section on pistachio and section on date, which was totally, for me, new. I'm sure that you're going to enjoy it. Date everywhere in, in, in Persian Gulf, in eggs. I want you to make this. This is a very simple dish, but so delicious. You just uh, saute some uh, dates and add a little bit of cinnamon and saffron and make sunny side up eggs. Serve it with rice or bread, lovely. This rice cook in date juice. By the way, date juice is different from date molasses. And so they cook, they make a lot of things in date juice. This fish patties with date glaze. Leila Hanu made date bread with sesame seeds. And she made her dough in date juice. So the flavor of the bread was out of this world, especially she drizzled it with sesame oil. And in, by the Persian court, a lot of they use a lot of sesame and tahini and dates. I have come to Hormoz Island. Um, this is sardines, a lot of sardines. Uh, they, they ferment the sardine and with salt, and add, they add a little bit of this red earth in it. And this is a very famous pickle. And they believe, the local believe you should have a little bit of that, so it helps your health. And as you notice, I'm praying, I'm thanking God. This project is over. <laughs> Writing this book was politically, emotionally, 
logistically dirty. It was very scary because I did not have permission to take pictures. Uh, so, but I did it. <laughs> and I'm very proud of it. This is my team. Uh, Afshin Bakhtiar, the photographer, he was a journalist photographer, he has done a number of the books in Iran. And my Kurdish uh, driver, Afshin Bakhtiar from Bakhtiari, and uh, my Kurdish driver, and my assistant, and my cousin, Marjan, uh, they, they really helped me to make this trip. Uh, it was three years of uh, thousand miles of traveling. Thank you very much. I'm here for every. Now we're going to taste uh, uh, food. <laughs> we're going to have maze from the Caspian. And then the mass said, this is Zeytun Parvarde. You're going to taste it. Uh, and uh, another dish, Ahuzak, uh, uh, which is walnut, and is walnut, eggplant, both of them from Caspian. And then we're going to serve a dish from, uh, you're going to get it, everyone getting it. And you're going to serve. <laughs> And you're gonna, we're going to serve a dish from the Persian Gulf, so you know the differences. This is these dishes come from um, cafe. Darling, come here, darling. Please give a big hand for him. His cafe name is Komaj in Berkeley. Uh, he started a year ago. Uh, the cafe opened uh, three months ago. Three months ago. Yeah. He's been working very hard. I want to give him another hand, please. Yes, we. Uh, I hope everyone gets. Yeah, we have, as Najmejun said, we have two dishes from north and one dessert snack from the south. Um, Zeytun Parvardan Augustare. I'm Tell so, him about Augustare. Yeah, Augustare is a, is a recipe that I uh, found amongst my research back in northern Iran. I was amazed by this vegan, um, hearty, beautiful like dish. And um, I tried it with Najmi Ejun at her kitchen in D.C. Yes, and, um, we, I, it, that recipe is in the book. Yeah, it's a pleasure that I have my, that recipe in uh, the, the latest book. <laughs> And then Zeytun Parvarde is the very famous northern Iranian um, olive recipe that um, I had a couple of recipes and we tasted, tested at Najmi Jun's kitchen a couple of times yes. and we tried to elevate it into a, a better um, kind yes. of flavors. Um, uh, yeah, so Zeytun uh, Parvarde or olive tapenade, I, I call it olive tapenade. Yes. Um, it, and uh, when you go to Caspian, in every region, in every table, you see a bowl of zeytun parvade. It's a pickle. So you have it with a little bit smoked rice, smoked fish, a little bit of mirza qasemi, so fresh garlic, fresh herbs on the table. 
So, how many do we have? We, uh, we have, as far as I know, we have 170 guests. So, well, yeah. uh, we have uh, some combinations of both and then some individuals. So, any of you at, at least going to try one of the options for sure. Mm -hmm. But, and dates for all of you. Abbasu, what do you think? <laughs> and I, I have to say that he also taught one of the uh, seminars for the cooking. Yes. So we are very, very proud to have had him. Yes. 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 What's the name of the restaurant? Yeah. The name of the There are um, cards and um, menus here if you want to pick up. It would be our pleasure to. Sure, I will. We will pass around our cards. And we pass around because I want you all go to Comanche and support Hanif. He's a young chef. He came. He's he grew up in the north of Iran. He's not the one of this fake chef. He came from north of Iran. Most of his recipes from his. Grandma yeah, yeah. and uh, the other person is the family chef Baji Khanum. Baji Khanum, isn't that lovely? From <laughs> Baji Khanum and his grandma. So uh, they're real, and they, he did a lot of photography in that region, and um, and I, I, I think the recipes are authentic, and what he's trying to do. Uh, collecting all these forgotten recipe in the Caspian and in his specialties, northern Iran. This is something that each person that uh, should do that. When I was in Iran, I uh, asked four or five women in different regions to collect the recipes. Of course, uh, they need a little bit uh, capital, so I provide them. So I think we should uh, collect all these forgotten recipes. Please, when you go through my book, if you see any good recipe that is not in the book, email it to me. Because when the second edition, we want to include it. And I have 80 names of 80 women in this book, which I'm very proud of it. And I will give you credit, your name, with your story, with the recipe. Please do that, because we should not, we should uh, keep our heritage. And uh, as Sohrab Seper, he said, the best things in Iran is the food. Uh, Sohrab Seper, he said, Iran has a good mothers and good food. And I think I agree with that. Bad intellectuals. Bad intellectuals, yeah, that's right. I think good mothers and good food, I agree with that. So what do you think of, uh, you have a question, darling. How do you go about changing the traditional dishes? I said, on you go. How do you go about changing the traditional dishes, like the Polish, making all those vegetarian? Okay. Is, is there like a simple? Yes. Like Actually, um, in, in June, I try to do that. She's asking me how could we do vegetarian dishes with our regular recipes traditional. or traditional recipes. In June, I tried to do that because one of my son is vegan, actually. I tried to start the dishes without the meat. Then I put a note, you can add the meat. Where? And most of the dishes, for example, you start with your, you fry your onions, put the spices and saffron or whatever. Then you add your, uh, in, in uh, Yaz, they put chickpeas. In other part, they put the split peas. 
So take that and add water and cook it. That's a Khorish Tagaymeh. And you make potato. That's you can do it for every dishes. The first step, fry onion and garlic, usual suspect. Fry onions with meat, salt, pepper, and turmeric. So you can do that. And then you just eliminate the meat and reduce the time because meat needs more time to cook. But sometimes beans need to cook. And I give you a lot of guidelines. In Food of Life, I have a note vegetarian version in all my recipe. In June, I have that. In cooking Iran, we try. But since this was a people's recipe, I wasn't. Uh, I I wanted to be uh, honest to to pass on the original recipe to you. But next edition, I'm planning to do vegetarian version. So I agree with you. We have more and more people they don't eat. Go ahead. Yes, thank you for accommodating the vegetarian diets in your recipes. Uh, I'm curious to know, do you hear this from people? I know some people, they suffer from digestive issues, diverticulitis, colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, and they're trying different diets. And I say, let's go get kawa, let's get rice, some stews, and they say, wow, this is wonderful for my digestion. Uh, everything except for like horshi is uh, pretty smooth. Uh, have you heard this? Or have you uh, I, one thing I can recommend to you, uh, when you're serving dishes, especially, don't make fusion, um, fusion confusion, that's another thing. Uh, but uh, don't create, don't combine too many choreshes. I suggest you make one rice, one choresh, roast one chicken inside if you want to, or make some kebab. I have noticed that some people invite you especially if they do catering, they put them all these together. This is not going to be good, not for the taste, but and also for your stomach. It's going to be totally mess. So uh, they have done some study and you should try one dish at a time, simple dish. When you mix together, that creates confusion in your stomach. I, get, I think that's one of what's happening. And, uh, when you say stew, I think stew is an insult to Khoresh. I called, oh, I called, I'll tell you that. I called my, uh, uh, all my Khoresh Khoresh in the recipes. Or very best interpretation is braise. Because it's a slow cooked, it's very refined. A stew is a chunk of meat, a lot of water, you cook it. Khoresh is very refined dish. So please don't insult her. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, if I can expand on what you said about the gentleman's comment on uh, digestive issues, I think the ingredients in Persian recipes have an element of meaning uh, yang. Sardia garmi, that's very true. And, and that might be the reason why it's just well for digestive I agree. Actually, actually, in the... <laughs> Uh, in the food of life, I have a section of, 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 of garmi, and my mother said, and garmi is element because I invite five older women that were all 85 as my mother age in Washington, D.C., and they will not agree what dish, what uh, ingredient is garmi or sardi. <laughs> so I came to this conclusion I should use my mother, garmi and sardi. Garmi and sardi is like yin and yang or ayurvedic in Indian food, yin and yang in Chinese food. It's, it's a, 
it's not, it does not relate to spiciness or the temperature of the ingredient. It has something to do with nutrition property. For example, as my mother used to say, walnut and pomegranate is good marriage. It's, it creates a balanced dish. That's why Fesenjun, just have Fesenjun with a little bit of smoked rice, which I discovered when I was there. They're now selling it in Iranian store. Get smoked rice when you're serving it with Persian dishes. Over Fesenjun or Tolshitare, it's, it's lovely. Just eat simple dishes. Kebab with rice. I love, I love Tokhmemur, eggs. So eggs, cuckoo with kate is perfect. Set your stomach. As she mentioned, I think she might be a nutritionist also. Good. Uh, I think Iranian, every dishes is balanced. So that's why it's, don't invent. So when I said barberry, use barberry. Of course, you can use cranberry. They look prettier, but barberry has different nutrition property. In China, when I was in China, they use barberry as medicine. So barberry has a lot of nutrition property. Try to use it, and when you want to use it, please soak your barberry at least 20 minutes in cold water. Then lift it and rinse it properly, because barberry is a grows in bushes and they're very close to the earth. It has a lot of dust and dirt. So that's why you have to wash them, rinse them thoroughly. So when you use and remove those, all these sharp stems from the barbary when you cook. Any? Where? Sorry. Sorry. As a prominent educator of Iranian cuisine and culture, where maybe some of the primary misconceptions that you see uh, yes, uh, a lot of misinformation and disinformation, especially last <laughs> 40 years. Uh, what I uh, I think we all when we think of Iranian food, we think of kebab. That's that's what. It, but because we didn't have tradition of restaurant in our culture, the best food was served at home. And kebab usually made by men outside of home. So uh, as a result, this traditional pass on in the West, you see the people that have no background of food, they come and open a restaurant. They usually, uh, they, they did totally different things. Investing in restaurant is like a business. If you do it with passion, you start a restaurant uh, because you want to present something delicious. So Iranian uh, dishes, we have a lot of vegetarian dishes. Iranian food is not just kebab and rice. That's the most misconception, I think, that's kebab. So uh, there's a restaurant, Sofre, in uh, New York now. Opened it the last eight months. And she is a woman. She started this restaurant. You see more than kebab in this restaurant. And it's uh, lovely dishes. She got a lot of re good review from the foodies of New York. So we have, I wish we have more and more Comage. passionate people like Comage. You have the cards of Comage that they can do it. Iranian people are very good people. <laughs> they, are, they are kind, they are, I'm talking about people. They're kind, they're considerate, they are hospitality, that was touched my heart. Every year, every 
place I went in Iran, they were so kind. They went out of their way. Especially, I don't know, uh, because I was in Nike hat and I had a white scarf around my neck, all my trips, and all the door was open to me. And some of the because I wear white all the time, because the rest of the people, rest of the women, they were black. Especially the, when they were working as officials in the uh, in the restaurant, they work in the offices, and some of them came and hugged me, said, "Thank you, we're wearing white." <laughs> and so um, Iranian people are very kind, um, like American people. A lot of wonderful people, honorable people in this country. Uh, so people are not representing the government. Thanks God. <laughs> Okay. Do we know why rice become much more popular since 16th century? White? Yeah. Okay, I think. Um, no, white rice. Uh, oh, white rice. Why rice? Why rice? Oh, yes. Right, okay. It's a good question. You know, there is a. Bosako uh, Atame in 16th century, he has a collection of poetry all dedicated to foods, which I find a couple of recipes from this collection. And he's mentioning it, that we had bulgur, noodles, sambuse, dumpling. There are a lot of dumpling I didn't know. And I did some research. I realized that noodles actually travel from Iran, from Persia. <laughs> to Sicily, there is a archaeological evidence the noodles were there 200 years before Marco Polo. So I wrote an article, actually you can find it in the Smithsonian, and I had to, with a lot of reference and document, and I sent it to my boys too, because <laughs> actually, Iranian were noodle eater. It's very interesting, and dumpling and noodles, and, 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 and they become rice eater. And the Chinese, rice was uh, originated in China. Chinese, they were, uh, uh, the, or rice was originated there, but they, they become noodle eater. The best noodles you can eat it in China. And they have this bowl of sticky rice. But Iranian, they make the best rice. <laughs> really. <laughs> you make, you know that in, in LA, in LA, Every restaurant wants me to go there and to teach them how to make crispy rice. In LA now, best restaurant, they charge you a lot of money, about $70. They give you a bowl of rice with a piece of fish, herbs, and torshi, pickles, everything on it, and a piece of crispy rice, tadig. So tadig is becoming very much, of course, after 40 years. After 40 years of teaching, cooking, and talking about Persian food, at last, Persian food is in. So please give a big hand for Persian food. Could you talk a little bit louder? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, why do you wear white, basically? I, I went white because Everybody else wear black. <laughs> but I love white. Because uh, uh, there's something about whites that's uh, associated with. Uh, yeah, it's freedom. It's, I like it. So I, I wear white because of that.
Follow my recipe, darling. <laughs> okay, fry a lot of onion. Whatever you make Persian foods, the basic of good khoresh is a lot of onion. Fry your onion on a low heat, long time. So it's caramelized and it creates sugar. That adds to the taste of your khoresh. Ashereshte also. Fry a lot of onion and I love garlic too. Fry a lot of onion and garlic, soak your beans and add it to them. Fry your uh, beans also. That's remove that gas that the, the beans has. That's really hard. And then add, I add broth, any kind of broth, or you can make it vegetarian, which I love vegetarian. Add the water and let it cook for long term. And when the beans cooked, it's very easy. You add your, I always add my spinach at the end because I want the spinach become green. So you add your noodle. After 10 minutes, add your spinach. And then you make a nana dog, which is the fried garlic and mint and turmeric. And you garnish on top. And then you can put some cash, liquid cash, which is cash is reduced yogurt or cooked yogurt. You can buy it in Persian store. It's a sour agent, doesn't have much fat, but it creates a creamy, very special, distinctive flavor. Add it to the cash. I put the cash aside because some people like vinegar. Some region of Iran, they use vinegar. Some region of Iran, they put fruits in their ashreshte, dry fruits. So it's very simple. I have a good recipe in June, good recipe in Food of Life. So I try the recipe I have in Food of Life, I try not to put in the cooking in Iran. Cooking in Iran, the recipe is totally different from the food of life. The reason I did that, because I want you to buy this book. You mentioned recipes in the book. Are the ones you were talking about in your presentation mostly from cooking in Iran? Yes, these are all cooking in Iran. These all these recipes was cooking in Iran. Because you already know about Persian. I wrote Food of Life. Uh, 30 in French, 39 years ago, in English, 35 years ago, 38 years ago. So you know about food of life, right? <laughs> okay? Yes. Okay, sorry. Abgush. Abgush is lamb with bones, marrow. You cook the lamb. Okay, you know, you cook the lamb and then you, you uh, use the, yeah, and I put the bone marrow in the soup or you can put it in the gushkovi there if you want. And, and, and a lot of dish horeshes can be made with shank. When you make the shank, then you can use bone marrow, it's automatically you can taste it and take it out. Or the horesh, you can make it with lamb shank. Or wheel shank is better. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I was uh, I was actually wondering uh, if you have any uh, recommendations for uh, if you want to like meet a lot of people in like a cost-effective way. Like, are there any go-to dishes? Oh, did could you uh, that off? Oh, uh, sorry, sorry. 
Well, I can say your, uh, you repeat your question. Oh, sorry. Um, I was wondering if you have a recommendation for a dish that's like, uh, like sort of like feeds a lot of people or like stretches. Uh, uh, if you want to go for noodle, ashishte is the best. You can do beef and, uh, and noodles and a lot of herbs. It's not, if you make it vegetarian, it's not so expensive and you can feed the crowd. And another thing is rice. Make rice and uh, lubia polo is my favorite, my son's favorite. Uh, you can buy green beans from co-op and fresh tomato. I love to use fresh tomato and rice. I make a big pot. When I was in college, my Lugia Polo was famous. Everybody came to my room and said, because it was cheap. I bought green beans from the co-op. Early morning, we went with my friends. We bought, and at that time, I went to college, everybody else eating frozen food. So, and, and everybody was smoking marijuana. As a result, everybody was high, and they were really yearning for fresh ingredients. I didn't know for some time why my five roomies had the edge for me. Everyone comes to my room and wanted to eat food. I didn't know that, then I realized it. When you smoke marijuana, you yearn for fresh ingredients. <laughs> The concept of whole food came about the, the hippies of 60s because they realized that people are, are really wanted to. And then farm from tables. Nowadays, farm from tables. Most of the restaurants now, they start doing fresh ingredients, simple food, which Iranian has been doing it for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead, try Basics of Persian Adi. In your book, Food of Life, some Adi have seven components, some have nine, some have twelve. So, Adi, which is the Arabic word for Dava, it means medicine. They use Adi as a medicine to heal people. You know that the first <coughs> chef goes back, there's a lot of reference documents, were chemists. Chemists at the court were cook also. The reason because they use food as a healing uh, venue. Uh, so Advie is every region in Iran, they have their own Advie, which I mentioned in the, was, I was very interested in this. And every household also have their own Advie. It's like Moli in Mexico, when you go every house. So I have my own Advie, I put five poor ingredients, cinnamon, cumin, rose petal, I love that and uh, cardamom in my Advie. So this is a basic of a lot of Advie. And then you can add, if you want to add some uh, red pepper flakes, some ginger powder or whatever. So that's the basic Advie. So it depends on region, and it depends on the household and traditional. If you know that some people say, my mother do this, her mother do this, because Food is passed on from one generation to another. It's very much it's in Iran, it's like music. Passed on from one generation to another. It's a sort of oral history, perhaps. People from mother to daughter. And now a lot of sons cooking. You know, a lot of guys cooking. Older guy, younger guys. I'm so happy I send all these guys to the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, go ahead. Thank you for sharing 
see those pictures and hear you. Uh, I have an old uncle, about 97 years old, and every time I visit him, he asks me one question, which I haven't been able to answer. I teach him out this. What is your name? I should show that on uncle. Ashi Shul Ghalabkar, there is another name, is Ashi Gedai, <laughs> which is the, uh, what they did, actually I uh, interviewed my uh, old aunt, she told me about the story, they put a big pots in Chara, the crossroad of every neighborhood, and they, they mentioned this is Asha Sholakaramkar or Asha Gedai, and everyone passed on and they put either money or some ingredients of the Ash because they made it as Asha Nazri or to give alms. So, and they made these big pots and they pass it around to the neighborhood. So the, that's the idea is come. Shole means something smooth and soft. Uh, for example, in uh, Mashhad, there is a dish called choleh. Choleh is, uh, uh, is something soft and um, pasted and very soft, it like cholezar. Uh, yeah, everything, something is smooth and you don't see the ingredients. Cook so long, for a long time, everything is disintegrated to each other and become very soft and smooth. It's like halim, it's like uh, porridge. So actually, shole is very much like porridge. Uh, closest this explanation in English. Oh, your son is a cook. Tell us about your son. Okay, tell us about your son. So what do you what do you do? Oh, I, I just, as a oh it's your passion. That's wonderful. That's great. Go ahead. You talked about how you had to update your cookbook to modernize the design and everything. It seems like from your pictures that Raiden chefs had a really great eye for presentation, which is half of the dish. Could you talk about trends you've seen uh, and changes over your career in presenting these dishes? Yeah, in Iran or in America, in in, in general. In general, I find it more and more, first of all, I think what's happened in California doesn't happen in the rest of America. California is avant-garde of, 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 of a lot of dishes. I see more far from table, in simplicity, far from farm to the table. Um, a lot of uh, simplicity, a lot of freshness, uh, and, and I notice uh, I love when a chef keep the integrity of the ingredients. You know, too much of fusion confusion. I, when I teach, fusion confusion is not good. You want to see the ingredient. A nice tomato, you can slice it and serve it with a little, a little bit of vinaigrette. It's, you get, it's wonderful. You don't have to uh, over uh, cook it or anything. Simplicity, I think, has become and you, uh, like when I was uh, in France 40 years ago, Roger Verger, they, make, they made a lot of dishes, was a very famous chef in France, 
um, made a lot of dishes into puree. You don't, you didn't see. I remember I didn't see the, the poulet, the chicken. I saw the the, the, the smooth uh, the puree of poulet. Change it to different. These things has now has no uh, no place there. Everybody wants from farm to table simplicity. Uh, presentation is very important. I notice a little bit green in everything has become very important. You see, even though you, on your pizza, they put some salad there. <laughs> and, uh, and in my June book, I tried to do that. And I realized that in Persian tradition, we used to serve food in a bowl. So that's why in my June book, I said, why not? Use everything in a bowl. It's so tasty. You, just, you can use spoon or forks and bowl. More and more served in bowl now, more and more simplest, more greens on it. And then I noticed they just, you just uh, mix everything together too. Uh, it's presentation. Uh, yes? Kind of on the same note, have you ever seen any like successful executions of the first thing? Yes, so, f- so f- restaurant? No, Persian, like, of the money. Iranian fusion, you know, um, this is one of the things, because Iranian food is not, whoever wants to buy the book, by the way, they can come and buy the book while we're asking questions. A lot of, uh, 